everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. I'm back again, and for this particular episode, I have with me the coach of the Infinite, or excuse me, the Booster Club Team Kickback Gaming Fusion Beat. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Yeah, definitely. So uh, before we get into, you know, the hoopla of the episode, go ahead and, and let me know how you how you found the game. What what got you into Rocket League? Uh, well, so back in probably 2015, I uh, was just watching YouTube. Uh, I guess I was 13, 14, I'm guessing. I around that age, just watching YouTube. And then some of the YouTubers I watched uh, ended up playing Rocket League. And that was my first encounter of the game. And uh, they uh, were just playing casually. And, you know, this is they had camera shake on. But I know I knew when I first watched it, I immediately found interest in the game and uh, definitely wanted to try playing it when I could. But at the time, I couldn't play it yet because I didn't have like a PC or even like a PS4. So there was no way of playing it uh, yet. But um, that's what that was my first inside of the game. And then uh, eventually I did. Uh, I got a laptop uh, in Christmas time. So uh, around the same time, not too long after. Because uh, my grandparents said when I hit a certain age, they would give me a laptop for Christmas. And I knew that uh, Rocket League was the first game I wanted to get. So uh, I was like, I think it's my first game on Steam. And I, it was like, I got it on December 25th, actually. So yeah, that's Christmas Day. So um, yeah, <laughs> started from there. Of 2015 or 2016? 2015, I actually checked my Steam purchases, and it said December 25th, 2015. Nice. So okay, yeah. So you're still pretty early in the in the Rocket League movement. Yeah, for for sure. I've been <laughs> I've been on it uh, for a long time. I I was thinking about it recently, and uh, I was like, I've really grown with this game. Like it's it's at least one half of my life, kind of. Uh, you know, like how you have your early childhood games you grew up playing well rocket league is like my midway child or like midway to grown-up years i guess you could say uh of gaming and uh yeah so i mean if but, you bought it when you were 14 and that was in 2015 we're coming up on you know 2022 now and it's going to be out for seven years that's like a third of your life yeah uh, that's a long time yeah and like just adding on to that to add more emphasis to it is that uh like i i've kind of slowed down now but i used to be like eat sleep repeat rocket league like it was playing it all the time listen to rocket league songs from the main menu like that, especially when i first got into the game and then watching rocket league content and it was just all of that all the time like i uh because in school uh I was always trying to convince like middle school time. I was always trying to convince my friends to play this game, but they didn't really care uh, for it. And 
it was the same thing with uh, my other interests. So uh, I got into Naruto and no one believed me. And then like how good it was. And then like a year later, everyone's watching Naruto. Everyone's playing Rocket League. Like they were like, nah, I don't care about that. And then everyone's like hooked on it just like me. So that's uh, always ironic. But you're just a step ahead. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, where are you rank wise right now? Uh, so this season I'm sitting, uh, in threes and twos, I'm champ three. Um, and then in ones, I think I'm champ two, but, um, my peak or my, or how about the best way to say is my average usually as a player overall would be like GC one to GC two, I would say, but my peak which is in 3v3s, is 1760 GC3 Div 2. GC, when when did you hit that? Uh, What, GC3? Yeah. Uh, I hit that in season. I had to check just to be ready for that question. But uh, uh, season two of the after the reset. Uh, so the new season two, if that makes sense. Yeah. So not too long ago, um, I hit that and I was... I was feeling myself that season. I uh, obviously, uh, and one of the ways I think I climbed up there at the time, like, was obviously the massive win streaks. But I think what led to the massive win streaks is that I was really just playing really fast but consistent, and I didn't doubt my teammates at all, and it just kind of worked out. And I climbed all the way up, um, and I checked. One of the cool parts was I was at the time uh top 100 was a little lower and i was like i said i was 1760 and for 3v3s for um a hundredth place was 1960 so if i'm correct i'm pretty sure if i won at least 20 games in a row i would have been a hundredth place only only 20 games in a row yeah but that's way less than i am now now i gotta win like 50 games in a row so you know you can see i mean it's it's 200 points doesn't sound like obviously once you get up that high it's so many points yeah like that's that's an eternity away but it's nice to think that you know you were you were at least halfway up that mountain yeah for sure is a great time (laughs) okay so which which do you want to talk about first this whole feeling yourself in season two and playing fast and and what that actually means or what the heck you're doing in champ three now Ooh. Uh maybe we should start with the first one so about GC3 and then maybe cuz that's where it started and then we can come to where I'm at. I guess maybe that would fold in. That's fine. But um the first because the first thing that I wouldn't think that somebody would say about like when they're really playing well is just saying that they're playing fast. So what what is it about you looking back at season 2 thinking, you know, the thing that really set you apart or really got you feeling good was that you were playing fast. Well, and you you did say consistent as well. Yeah, well, I guess to go more into it, I think around that time, uh, I was, I think I hit, I think I crossed the plateau and uh, there was a lot of newness to my gameplay that I got a grasp of. And things started to come very naturally. 
and uh i felt like i had all the power in the world i guess i don't know why i'm using all this figurative language but uh <laughs> but it's it's so given direct answers but uh no i think it's the, like that feeling but uh at the time i was definitely playing a lot and uh i knew i really wanted i mean who doesn't want to be at the you know top ranks but uh i'm also very competitive um i do some off and on check my friends list to see where all my friends are at in their rank and uh i really want to like be i want to be the number one on their friends list when they check you know what i mean like i want to be higher than them but mm -hmm. uh but yeah i think playing fast and consistent or there's the consistency and then i uh I'm a threes main, and I feel like I have a really good grasp of uh, rotations. So how I play and what was working for me at the time, and I still play like this right now, but not as fast because, I, like, I don't know. I just I don't think I can play fast in champ three without uh, maybe getting in the way of my teammates because I might be going faster than them, but mm -hmm. in a way. But um, But, yeah, like what was working for me, and like I said, how I still play now is that uh, and what I coach to the kickback gaming team when uh, last season for the false plays, I told them um, is that like for first man, uh, you want to at least number one, hit the ball if you can. Number two, if you can't hit the ball, then force the player, the opposing player to throw the ball over you. And if you can't do that, three, hit the player. So as long as you do one of those three, every time I was first man, you're benefiting, your team's going to benefit from that. And it's a whole cycle. So once I do that as first man, second man should be doing the exact same thing. So he should be rotating in behind me. And his goal is to do one of those three things every time. Hit the ball, uh, hit the opponent, or make the opponent throw the ball over them. And then same thing. Now it's third man's turn. And by the time third man's going, I'm going to be behind third man. And it's it's almost like there's not really a first, second, or third man if you really think about it. Because once you get that momentum, and especially my experience up in GC3, is that you're constantly changing in in each uh, position from one, two, and three, like so quickly. You're never in one very long. You, you always want to go for the ball and rotate out. Go for the ball, rotate out. And there's a lot wider rotations which is why there's not um, confusion and what also leads to more passes. Um, but I guess to bounce off of that and transition a little bit into why I'm at champ three, um, I definitely had what happened was I, uh, for the past few seasons, I slowly declined. So I, like I peaked and then I went on more of these lost streaks. And I think it was also because I, um, uh don't know how to stop playing i think we all know that we've all been there where you just want to keep queuing games and then you lose three or four in a row you get on the next day you you know you start off the day losing lose three more in a row you know you keep going down so i kind of put myself where i'm at right now um but i still play the same i just don't play as fast and i will admit it's because i don't have as much trust in champ three as i do if i was in a gc lobby because it's a uh, it's like an expectation the reason i don't hesitate to go for the ball in a g high gc lobby is because i have an expectation of where my teammates should be and there's a universalness to rotations that uh 
at least I believe there is. So, yeah. Wait, there's a say that last part again. There's a universalness to rotations, and I can I can kind of explain that if you want me to. Yeah, like, that would be sense. great. Okay, and this is another thing. Uh, like I said, a lot of things I say I probably have coached uh with my team, uh, but when I mean universal uh rotation is that like how do I think like how to word this uh so there's some players um that i've played with and heard talk before that they don't do very well uh like solo queuing or like no comms like they need their teammates to calm where they're at and when they're at you know in certain spots um and this might be because i solo queue so much that i've been able to learn this but if you really think about it there's when i say there's a universalness to it there should be every player should know where the teammates at are at naturally. Like once you play enough, you know, first man just went for the ball. Okay. That means he's going to be at this corner at this time. And I'm going to be here. And that means third man's behind me. And you always know that it's kind of, it's kind of back to game sense, or this might be a bad analogy uh, to compare game sense, but um, this is going to be really off and random, but you know, like when you're driving, and this is also from most people who play sports, is that when you look in your rearview mirror to see if um, there's a car there, you don't. Once you pass that car to your left, you don't have to look again in the mirror because you already know you have that space to go over there. You know that you know where that car is. Same thing with knowing where your teammates are. Uh, so that's what I mean by universal. Uh, rotation so i think there's a possibility that technically if you get good enough like whoever that as a team you don't really need comms you know what i mean i hope that makes sense yeah <laughs> it I, might be a little complex i was but. no i was thinking about that because i'm thinking about you know comms videos that pro teams will put out and they are pretty active in their communication. And I think it's one thing to really know how a team plays. And it's another thing to, you know, I, I think it's not like a black and white situation. There's all, the most ideal in most situations is not creating an either or scenario. It's more of a both. And so sure. It's really good. If you're a solo cure, you can get really good by just, being able to read your teammates and understanding the flow of the game and getting a really good idea of where you're supposed to be. I think that's a valuable skill. And then there are some people that play only with other teams and, or like full teams and calming and are really good at calming. And then they build that skill of understanding those teammates and communicating. And, but if you put them in a solo queue situation, they're bad because they just want to play how they play and they don't know what other people are doing because they're used to playing with certain people and hearing what they're about to do. And then there's the mix of having the intuition, the game sense, understanding the flow of the game, understanding the people that you're playing with, who you might be playing against, and then also having the communication. So being mm. able to put all of those things together is really when the skill gets even higher. And that's why you see teams like NRG and 
I'm sure BDS and some of these teams that have played together longer really thrive because they know each other. And yeah. some of these newer teams really struggle because they, they might be good players, but they don't gel together. They don't have all those more fine pieces of their game together that some of these really good teams have. Mm. Yeah, I agree that that makes perfect sense. And I'm not, um, obviously saying that you shouldn't calm or calming is, you know, a bad thing. Oh, of um, course. But it's just, um, for like one more example, I guess, is that like, if you were watch, watch pros or like when pros queue comp with, and then, you know, but they're not in a party, so they're solo queuing. And, and the fact that they're still able to pass and do team plays without the comms is back to having expectations of where your teammates should be for like, for example, if I play with like lower levels, players of some, any sort, really, if I because I like to pass without looking sometimes. So let's say I'm on the left wall uh, taking the ball downfield and I just bang it to the midfield. At my at the GC area and higher, there's usually someone middle there because they know they're supposed to be there for the pass. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of why totally. I'm going there. it's a it's a natural expectation of positioning i guess but and i think part of that is just an evolution of gameplay and game understanding as well and being willing to play with your teammates instead of around your teammates like a lot of my games are every now and then in in lower levels you might have somebody going along one wall and instead of the next person being middle ready for that pass, they're going to follow right behind that first person because they're expecting a miss or they're expecting a challenge from a defender so that then you can clean up that challenge instead mm. of being ready for a pass that can lead to a goal. And that's just what, that's just how they play and that's what they're used to. But then, especially once you get into a pro level, you know, people are confident in somebody's ability to do something with the ball off of the wall, whether that's a ceiling shot or a flip reset or just a clean pass right to the middle, they're ready for those things and they expect those things. And it, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a different, it's the same game, right? It's rocket league, but it's a completely <laughs> different game all at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So I, I understand where you're coming from and I'm sure that there can be a definite difference moving from, GC2 to champ three and just getting used to the play styles and the, and the differences and, and whatnot of, you know, managing how to handle the different dynamics of the games at the different levels. Yeah. Like, and you, and you like, uh, like one thing I know, like come to realize having a experience being like, GC, but then going back down to champ three. And I know plenty of people have hit their peak and gone down as well. Um, is that you really do have to play different than you would at your peak. Like, like I said, the way I want to play or feel like I should be playing, uh, I can't play in a different set of rank lobby, you know, uh, that's just because either they're more likely to whiff or they're more like or not as likely to pass. 
uh, or look for a pass than being in a higher lobby like GC or whatever, you know? So let me ask you this. How, how comfortable do you feel right now in the champ three lobbies or how do the champ three lobbies feel different than the GC lobbies that you were playing in? What did you end last season at? Uh, I ended last season, I believe either, either GC, I'm pretty sure I ended either GC one or low GC two and threes. And then I think I was also GC one and twos and champ three and ones just to go ahead and knock all the ranks out. Okay. So you were solidly grand champ at the end of last season. Mm Mm-hmm. So how are the how are the lobbies games that you have now feel different to you? Um well for one I there are my off days for sure, but I I feel very confident in myself when I'm playing like when the ball's in my hands and that's probably how anyone feels but but when the ball's in my hands I feel confident and I feel like most probably 70 to 85 percent of the time i'm actually helping our team because like i'm not perfect and i obviously have my bad games and caught you know whatever but uh i do feel like i am playing pretty good um and like i said the main difference differences that i've experienced is uh just really the spreading outness and and um it's really just a rotational thing and one thing i wanted to say or uh uh that i was thinking about before this podcast uh just gonna slide in here real quick is that i was thinking about this and this is my opinion but i feel like from bronze to champ three like you can get from bronze to champ three if you're a new player mechanically most almost all mechanics can climb you up almost that far in my opinion but from gc1 to ssl that's when if you want to go through that it's rotation and decision making because a lot of people like there are definitely players better mechanically than i am in champ 3 gc1 gc2 i can do double resets can just do things more consistently than i can and those are great and they can be beneficial. But then also, like, after they go for that double reset, they end up double committing or they end up cutting when they don't. And that's another thing is that um, there's a lot of players who don't understand that you don't need to cut at all. I don't believe in cutting in threes too much because if, at least in, like, my experience with GC3 lobbies is that like I said, once the first man goes, he rotates out. He's not back flipping in, into the opponent for a 50. He's just headed all the way back. And he knows his second teammate is coming in with his nose targeted at the ball every time. There's no doubt about that. And and here's uh, another thing is I think a lot of players are afraid to be on defense. I, uh, I think players and the whole rocket league community need to know is that it's okay to be on defense and it's a part of the game and everyone's worried about scoring which ends up making your team make a mistake and giving up a goal because it could be y'all overcommitted because y'all are so desperate to score and then you're down one but it was zero zero so what was the point in that like i get that like you're trying to score 
But and like I said, this is my opinion, but uh, more times than not, you can win a Rocket League game just by playing consistent defense. That doesn't mean sit on defense, but by, by prioritizing defense, the other team will make a mistake eventually. I promise you. Like, that's why I'm – um, even all the way up to SSL, we all know pros aren't perfect either. They're definitely the best. Um, but they still make mistakes too. And sometimes you can even watch pro gameplay. And uh, like I was watching – simper i think they're called and archie is probably can be one of their best players but that's also because he chases and sometimes his chasing does benefit for them but sometimes he's cost them a goal because he's double committing and it's kind of like a 50 50 it's like flipping a coin like how do you know like it could either work out for you or could not but i feel like if you choose the prioritized defense and like I said, that doesn't mean sit on defense the whole game, but make sure that's a priority, especially when you're tied. Then eventually the other team's going to mess up. Like, I promise you, because we all know we all make mistakes, and it doesn't matter how good you are. And uh, you don't have to be nutty. You can have the most simple mechanics and play a team that has better mechanics than you. But eventually they probably don't prioritize, like, focus on defense like they should, and they're going to double commit. And then y'all are going to have an open gap. And that's why I believe rotations are like so important. And especially going up into the GC area um, is like, it's definitely one of the biggest aspects that felt different for me. Um, not really just, not really mechanics because GC one through GC three, I promise you almost all the players have the same mechanics. Like everyone can almost do the same things about like, it's not that much different. It's about the team that rotates the best and utilizes each other the best. It's the team that wins. So, You think that's the case every single time? Every single time. Not every single time. Because there are like mechanics that get people goals. But the mechanic aspect, and this is my opinion again, but I think the main flashy mechanics that you should be hitting five to seven times out of 10 uh, that you should, or the mechanics you need in GC are ground air dribbles, double taps and ceiling shots. I think those are the three flashy mechanics. You don't need to do pancakes. You don't need to do musties. You don't need to do double flip resets. I think if you can do those three, uh, those three mainly, then you can compete just fine in a GC lobby. So, so I want to I want to know what your thoughts are on this because you seem pretty committed to the idea that GC one through GC three it's a lot or once you get into GC it's more about decision making than mechanics or mechanics can really carry you through up to grand champ. I'm I'm wondering. I, I, I'd like to push back a little bit on the mechanics thing and just see, hear your thoughts on the idea. You know, is it is it just that you feel that now you're at a point where it's the decision making is more important because you feel like your mechanics are just at a place where they haven't gotten any better? Or, you know, do you feel like you run into people that are mechanically better than you um in games 
Well, I do. I will say I do feel like I'm at somewhat of a plateau with my mechanics. Uh, I'm not like a crazy god at all. Um, and I don't practice a lot of ground mechanics. Like I don't practice musty ground musties or breezies. And I can't breezy because I only use directional air roll. Um, but I do think I'm at somewhat of a plateau with my mechanics at the moment, uh, for sure. But like you said earlier, it's like in my experience uh, in the GC, most players, it's not like we're all about the same mechanically, really. Um, there are one or few, one out of 10 players every day that are like really, you know, uh, shiny and more likely they have been SSL before. Uh, but one way to another thing to look at it, like, I don't think you can be unless you're a pro, because obviously pros do road to SSL and have done that plenty of times. Uh, but I don't think you can be just or mostly mecha a mechanical player uh, in the GC area and be able to win all your games or most of your games because you can be goaded. But if you're playing a team that back to I said knows how to rotate and prioritizes defense, uh, they're just gonna block everything. They're gonna they're gonna have first man go to make you throw it away. Second man be in net. He's gonna save it. Third man's gonna be on backboard. That's the proper way you should do it every time on defense. And if you have two average teammates who, let's say, average mechanics and have a pro like average rotations, I don't think I think it's it might just be I won't say you're gonna get blown out, but it'll at least be a close game. And it's not it's not gonna be as easy as it might seem. And that's not me dissing on mechanics. I surely agree that everyone should go practice mechanics. I just feel like around there I, I'm at, and maybe not everyone's going to agree with me, but I really think rotations is a big problem. And maybe I started to notice that from coaching this season, um, like going over other teams' replays and, and the team, my team's replays and my own replays and realizing, like, why did they do that? It really hurt us. Um, you know, and I don't mind mechanical mistakes. Like, I don't mind you whiffing because that's the whole point of the rotation. If you whiff, second man's behind you, and then it's just going to be second man's ball because you flew by it, and then you rotate out. But, so yeah, I think that's all I have on that for now, unless I think it's like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, break this, break this down for me then, because decision-making, I think... I br painting with a very broad brush right now, mm. I would say that, and I've heard from SSLs that at the end of the day, mechanics are much more important than decision-making just because they allow you to do good mechanics, allow you to do so much more and do things faster and more effectively than mm. just being a good decision-maker. Like, I can be a good decision maker on an NBA basketball course, basketball course, basketball <laughs> court. But the fact that I don't have the skills to do anything with that decision making will immediately put me at a disadvantage. Like mm. I played basketball in college against a guy that was a college basketball player 
a couple different guys that were college basketball players. I mean, one of them was like a brick wall. So he was a little bit more complicated to play against, but he doesn't look like he should be that fast. And he doesn't look like he should be that agile, but this guy could do things that just like didn't make sense to me. Like his hands were just faster <laughs> in places that, you know, I didn't want them to be in would steal the ball. And then this other guy that was a guard, you know, he's this lanky goofball, but he can just no effort dunk the ball. And mm. they, you know, it, they're just, they're just built different. So it's, you know, I was watching, I can't remember what I was watching, but I was watching either like a pro video or something like that, or like high level rocket league. And the annoying thing about watching high level rocket league, especially if you're watching rocket league <laughs> is that in a high level game, it doesn't look all that different. And that's why I think so many content creators and so many people will get comments about like, oh, you're this, this looks like my games. Because at the end of the day, you know, the cars don't go any faster. Supersonic is as fast as you can go in the game. If you, Justin doesn't go any faster when he's going supersonic than when I'm going supersonic. But the the things that he can do with his car in the different scenarios is is vastly different. And that is a long soapbox as to why I think they both matter equally. All that to say, I'm curious for for your from your point of view, how you break down, or maybe I mean, since you were coaching kickback this mm. this past split and this one as well the season for indie gaming league how mm. do you talk to them how do you discuss with them about decision making and how have you helped them kind of shift how they look at the game and how they rotate and how they make decisions and how they coordinate each other and and things of that nature to be more effective players well um, let's see. Uh, and I definitely think they're both important, like mechanics and decision making or slash rotation. I just think there's certain points in Rocky League that you may need to start working on the other one. And that maybe could be at any point, not just GC one area. Like maybe that is anywhere else. But I, like I said, just from my experience, I think it's been decision making that has like been holding other players back and but for the team coaching them last split and then i'll probably help coach this season uh i am playing on one of the tiers so that's why my coaching might not be as often because i'll be busy but um what i was doing with them is uh what i would do is you know we would save a replay um and whoever can make it to the replay review would, you know, would make it or whatever. Um, and I prefer just to explain things and show the whole team. I like to do free cam. And I usually put my camera on our defensive half looking at the opponent's field. So you get the whole view of the field. But I guess you could say the the camera is above the goal, our, our net area. So our backboard. And... 
I would mostly coach from there. I wasn't always worried about our offensive decisions as much. Uh, but one of the things I sh- uh, started off with them was, you know, everyone's heard this, but first, second, third uh, rotations or near post, far post, and backboard. Uh, so, you know, near post is first man, far post is second man. And then uh, backboard, I would say, is probably third man by the time he rotates back the other team is probably going to bang it into the backboard. So I started with that uh, with them because I could tell that was something they were struggling with. Uh, I told them they need to prioritize going all the way around to the back of the net first every time you head back. And also you need to make um, a slight curve in the net. You always want to go into the net. I've seen players who rotate back and sit in front of the net and then the ball gets banged over their head. The other team, other team double taps it. That's why it's important that you get in there and drift and turn at the opposing corner that you rotated from. Um, so there was that. And then something I was trying to help them with towards the end of the last split is passing. Uh, one thing about passing is that, well, here's an opinion on passing is that, uh, so for one, a lot of players like to do solo plays, and I don't blame them. Like, we all go in the training, we practice our mechanics, and then we want to use them in-game, right? But the reason you don't see passing as often, uh, even at high ranks, is that you got to be, you got to want to pass. You, everybody wants to go for a solo play. But if if you, like, I, I want to pass. Like, I enjoy passing. Like, I want my teammate to go sit up field for me to the bang it to him. I will look for you. And I think more players need to have that mentality. Uh if they want to be a passing player or team. Uh that you gotta find it in your head to remind yourself, I want to pass. And then not just that, but your other teammates need to be like, I want to set myself up for a pass. Because both players need to be doing that for to make it possible. You know, like first man has the ball, second man cuts up field to the you know, wherever forward, right. And then you can bang it that direction towards him. So you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta think that you, and want to do that. But most players, as soon as they get the ball, uh, I want to go for a ground air dribble. I want to go up the wall for a ceiling shot. Not, Oh, I want to bang it forward, right to where my teammates setting up. Uh, so there's some selfishness, I guess, not that it's selfish because you can benefit from a solo play, but I think eventually, I think, Passing plays can be just as beneficial. So I think it's just more about the situation. But I was telling them about that and showing them where they can, they need to be cutting up field. So one example real quick would be if first, say we're all on defense, first man goes for the ball, like in the corner, in their defensive corner, and the ball goes by first man. He should drive up the wall. And let's just say this is the left wall. He should drive up the left wall. And by the time if second man doesn't get dunked or like 50-50, he can bang it up to first man uh, who's on the wall. I guess technically he's not first man anymore, but you get the point. He technically is first man because he's farthest away. I guess that's how I see it. So he could bang it up to his teammate and then you have a counter attack. And you got, but you got to. But first man has to think to do that. He has to think, okay, the ball flew by me. Let me go up to the wall and give my teammate an option to pass it downfield. And 
if second man gets 50-50, then all first man has to do is rotate back into far post and you're fine. Like there shouldn't like you gotta people gotta be calm on defense because it's you know like school issue or some pros have said like you only need like a pad to block like any shot and that so like if you have 30 plus and you know you have a teammate with you you are gonna block almost everything so you don't but you got to be confident in your defense and uh, i think that's a bit a big aspect and then one of the other things passing wise offensively that i was showing them is a triangle formation so we're gonna pretend I hope it, me explaining this makes sense. I don't know if th- this might be hard for the viewers because they no, might I think, not. I think so far, it. I think you're doing a great job so far. All right, cool, cool. Well, this will be the last example when it comes to some of the stuff I've coached them, like with passing and kind of positioning. Um, but so let's say we're on offense. So first man has the ball, like on it, like pretty much on his car or in front of his car, and they're for uh their right corner so if you're looking at the rocket league map from above their right top right corner of their so we're on offense he has the ball and so then second man this is my opinion who second man is second man should be right behind him at the midfield boost midfield right boost but not on it right before it so the chances of the ball flying over his head are way lower. And then third man should be parallel to second man about midfield or not even parallel, slightly behind them around the midfield area. And that's how I was coaching them to set up because I have a, a replay that shows what's about to happen. So once the ball goes past first man, let's say first man uh, gets intercepted there, there, uh, the opponent is going to throw the ball away to second man. Second man drives up the wall, bangs it midfield to third man. Third man has a shot. And like I said, if I somehow, I might post it in the Discord. So after this uh, podcast episode, people can see what I'm talking about. If I have to go find it. Um, but yeah, it's just stuff like that that sets up op- opportunity. Um, and you always want to make sure, especially second, third man, is that it's easier to not be so far up because you don't always have to worry about driving all the way back when the ball gets flown over your head because it happens a lot. And I see a lot of players struggle with that, but I try to always position myself to where the, I know the ball like most likely isn't going to go over my head. So we're not awkward and rushing back. Um, but yeah, I mainly, that was mainly, I mainly to co- coach the rotations. We did some scrims and then, like throughout the season. Uh, and then I uh, slightly helped mechanically. It's not that I didn't want to help mechanically. There just wasn't, we never really got the time to sit down one-on-one about a mecha- specific mechanic usually, but I recommended uh, training packs for them. And one of the ones I recommended that I was enjoying, uh, which I think every player should try at some point, at least just to see. And a lot of y'all have heard of this, but the ultimate warm up by Hanada, I think it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that one's really good. Uh, I think if you can do that pretty decently, you're lo- you're looking good. You know, what I mean, you like that's a good because you know it sets up a lot of like options. You can double tap, you can ground to air dribble, you can just go for a normal shot. Like there's a lot of creativity in there, and then a lot of shots to stretch yourself. So, but yeah, that was mainly 
the stuff, some of the big points I went over, and there's probably some other stuff that will come to mind later, but yeah. Okay, next <laughs> thing then. You're sitting in you're sitting in champ three right now. For the majority since free to play happened, you've been in the GC and a higher area. What's what's holding you back right now? What's holding me back? I think I'm okay, so it's it's kind of backfiring, I guess, because of what I said earlier. I do feel good. Um and it's not always about this, but I do get MVP a lot. Uh, in my games <laughs> so that doesn't always mean that like anything but to me if like i feel good like i feel like i'm helping a lot um but i think i'm still not i don't think i'm being consistent um as i was as much as i was uh season two i think we said i mean what what kind of mistakes are you making um it's just like like I think when I like went on that win streak to get to GC three, like I was, uh, cause I did that like in two, like I, I did that in a week, I think like when I just was feeling it, like I was on my game. Um, and like I said, I stayed up there for a little bit, but I was just really not with, like, I was just no whiffing. It was just, it was like almost a, per like, I think as perfect as I could almost be like, just not really whiffing, uh, playing fifties. That's another thing that, uh, I think I forgot who it was someone else. Uh, one of the other episodes, I forgot who said it, but some a lot of players in threes don't play enough 50, 50s. Um, that was and, Red Snow, by the way. Okay, sorry. Sorry that I didn't get the name. That's all uh, right. I mean, but yeah, I pay attention I to this that. a lot more than most people do, so it's understandable <laughs> that you might not remember. And if you haven't listened to that episode, that's which one he's talking about. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, but I think that's – like just stuff like that, like I was – I was thinking outside the box when I needed. I did everything that I felt like I needed to do in every moment. Like if I needed to play the fifty, I played the fifty. If I needed the pass, I played the pass. If I needed to just clear, I cleared it. Like I made the right choice in every, you know, moment. And I think I was also utilizing my teammates quite a bit, and they were utilizing me. And I think I'm just lacking that. I don't know if that's just you know, I'm just out of mojo right now. And uh, I will say something I've had recently is I've had the placebo effect of the heavy car bug the past like month, and it's really annoying me. But I, you know, I'm just playing through it until it goes away. But outside of that, I just I just don't think I'm playing as consistent. Like I I feel like I will, I feel like I might have been a better player at the time than I am now. That doesn't mean I won't get back to that, but I think it's just mainly that. So what does it, what's the, what's the feel then? Like, what is the feel right now that you feel different? Well, outside the heavy car bug feeling heavy. Uh, I don't, I think it's just, so, you know, you hear it a lot consistency. I don't think I'm hitting like, like we uh, actually just played our game yesterday. Our first game of the winter split. And, you know, I guess there's nerves, but. I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing open, like I've missed open nets. Uh, I'm not getting the touches I want as much as I want. Um, so I think it's just mainly those things. It's just like I'm not doing what I want when I want. And it kind of goes like what you say with pros. I think you've said, or you have said before, it's just like pros like Justin, or like you even said earlier, it's just like 
he can do what he wants when he wants in whatever scenario and he does it you know what i mean but i and maybe and that probably just means i need to go repractice those things you know to get re-into it so it might be a lack of training recently but yeah have you like changed controllers or anything of that nature recently uh, uh i don't remember what season i think this is my guess uh so season well season 14 so before the reset was when i hit, first hit gc so i got the gc title uh and then maybe a season or two later Okay, maybe three. Shoot, I don't know. It was, I think, honestly, around the time, right before I got GC3, I was using PS4 controller, bought a PS5, and then I think after that, maybe it was the controller change, uh, was probably around the time I started to climb, and then I've been consistently GC, and then now I'm champ three with the ps5 controller um, okay so like, you've been using the same controller for a while yes it's it's probably been i don't know how many seasons are in a year i think it diff changes doesn't it but i definitely had some input lag when i switched over to the ps5 controller but that's right when the playstation 5 came out and steam didn't have it ready yet so i was kind of using it uh before steam was ready and there was definite input lag that i didn't really understand was input lag when i first started playing with the playstation 5 controller and then i found out that in the steam beta it was you know ready for the playstation 5 controller so i switched over to that and all of a sudden it felt like i was playing rocket league again mm -hmm. uh so i was just curious i mean i i can understand and empathize with the whole heavy car thing when I was struggling with that input lag. So I was just wondering if you switch controllers or, or change something that could be leading to that, or if it was actually just you feeling heavy. Yeah. Well, I haven't figured it out yet. Like if it's truly in my head, because like I said, so right before winter break this year or last year, <laughs> uh i literally the week before i went out of town all like i i was playing one day i like I, it felt normal i got on the next day and all of a sudden the game feels heavy like and it kept feeling heavy i go out of town i'm back now it feels heavy it feels heavy and i just don't uh i might have to relook through my steam settings us uh, or you know, to see if it, I did look it up. Supposedly that there is some slightly difference if you plug your USB in the back of the PC, like into the motherboard, uh, which helps with latency, maybe, I think. Uh, so I might try that. I don't know. But, uh, and I have I've, you like tried switching up your car, changing decals, or just using a different car or something, anything like that? I haven't switched cars, but I, I changed some, I did change the decal for like a day, but it, it still felt about the same, but I might, I might should try a different car for a couple of days just to see if it freshens me up. Have you Probably spent, do you spend any time in free play or training packs, custom maps, any, anything like that right now? Uh, 
Yeah, so I mostly, well, I'm just now recently, you know, getting back on a lot because of, of being out of town. Uh, but beforehand and now, uh, I usually always get on straight, go to free play and hit the ball around. But there are some days that I do go do custom maps. Rare days are when I do uh, workshop maps, but on a normal basis, custom maps. And I usually do, if I say his name right, and you had him on the show before, uh, Paquito, Paquito. Paquito, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I've been, I've had his, uh, I've had his, almost all his maps saved since my, which we didn't get, which I didn't bring up earlier, but uh, since my PS4 days, like console days. PS4 console days. I've had his um, maps, and I used I used to go through those a lot. But I've gotten too well. I feel like I got too comfortable with them. So I like I said, I do ultimate warm up, and I do some other like redirects and double tap stuff. Uh, to but I haven't done it. I need to. I might have to try it today or or tomorrow or sometime this week and see if that helps. Just doing some type of training, but we'll see. Mm hmm. I'm I'm very curious about the whole heavy car thing because I I feel like I've experienced that every now and then, and then or if I'm just not feeling good, and I'm change cars a lot. Like right now, I'm driving the Tominus, and uh, that's that's been fine, but then you know, every single time I go back to the Octane, it always just feels different. Like in a good way, like it usually just feels speedier and I don't know what that is. So I would, I would say just try something different for a little while, you know, use mm -hmm. a different car for a week or something and then come back or go into free play and just drive around like a maniac. Sometimes that's what helps me as well is not even hitting the ball in free play, but just being in supersonic a lot and trying to almost relax, you know, try to find some kind of meditative state as weird as that sounds when you're in that supersonic. So it just feels more natural and doing a lot of quick turns, hard turns, handbrake turns, drifting, because simulating that and trying to get that feel and being really comfortable and easy flowing when you're doing that, that at least that's helped has helped me in the past in terms of just trying to reorient or get comfortable when I've felt awkward in the game. Like mm. I think heavy isn't necessarily the right word for me, but more I've just felt awkward playing rocket league or, or being in a certain car or doing certain things and just like spinning around in the air or driving around like a maniac and jumping a lot and doing a lot of drifting. Those kinds of things have helped me just get a little bit more comfortable or reorient to moving around the field a little bit more effectively. Yeah. And that's probably just, you know, like stretching you for sure and like reiterating your muscle memory in certain ways that like like uh something that happens to me and it's one of the best feelings is when 
all of a sudden, like I've been playing Rocket League for a month straight, and then all of a sudden I get in free play and I do like this thing that I've never done before. And it's not like necessarily a, a crazy mechanic, but it's like I took a step up the stairs, as in like I I had this like one percent improvement out of nowhere, and it's a great feeling. Um, and yeah, just but mainly back to more what you said, just going around fast and doing honestly anything in free play is definitely a good way to stretch and uh, refresh for sure. I would be very interested to hear uh, once you get out of this, what really worked for you to turn it around? Because I think that's probably something that people deal with, whether they know it or not. And having a good strategy of having, you know, just having a good strategy to get out of it, I'm sure it would be beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah, I might, I might just be too comfortable with what I did to get to 1760 or GZ3. Uh, and maybe it's like, maybe I need to definitely try something different, uh, either be slower, faster. Don't, I don't know, don't pass or go for the solo plays or may or like i think you need both obviously but like you know those are just examples of maybe things i can do differently that might get me up back up there i don't know uh but yeah i'll for sure get back to you as soon as i get back up there i'll be pumped (laughs) well what do you what do you think are some of the main things that lose you games right now especially as you're solo queuing why, what's, what's, you know, why are you losing and not being able to put together win streaks? Um, I won't lie. There is a side of me that wants to be like teammates, but there's always something I can be better at. Um, cause I, like, I'm like, like I said, I'm not the best player at all. Uh, well, I'm just trying to think like. I don't know if I have too much of like an ego when I play like I think well here's one thing it's the mental for sure because one thing I realized uh so I you almost 90% of the time I play Rocket League I actually don't play with music and I know a lot of people play with music even when they're com- like in comms with their buddies like they'll have music in the background I actually like mostly play Rocket League without music uh but I actually have started to notice when i play chill music uh or not even really chill music well yeah so like i played some r&b a couple days ago and i went on a win streak uh and i felt like i didn't get upset at myself or at my teammates uh or just anything unlucky that maybe the other team got i guess you could say uh and it just helps you it helps with the consistency. It really does just to have a, a calm uh, mentality. And that doesn't mean I don't care if I lose, but not letting it get to you allows you to, you know, m- focus on what you need to do to, to win that match or win the next match. And I, uh, or uh, another genre of music, I guess, is I, I play like, when I play music that is nostalgic to me, I guess you could say, or hype to me, uh, I also play 
well. Like, uh, this is going to sound random, and y'all can call me cringe. Because uh, I grew up watching, um, my grandparents and parents used to say I watched it, like, every day, all day. But I used to watch the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man uh, movies, <laughs> like, every day, all day as, like, a toddler. And one day, because I love the, I love the, uh, the score for, for that those movies. Like, it's so good. And one day, I literally put that on loop on YouTube, played Rocket League, and won like ten games in a row. And it just like it had me going. So I don't, I don't know. I so yeah, mentality I think is a little off for me recently. And like at the time when I was going on that uh, the win streak to get to GC three, I think you're obviously more likely to win when you're pumped up so like i let's say you win three games in a row like you're feeling it like but once but when you lose three or yeah when you lose three in a row and you go into your fourth game you're just like uh or like at least i am you know so i definitely think mentality is probably actually a big factor and uh it is important for sure so what Okay, so you say that your mentality, I mean, the first thing that you wanted to say is is teammates. What is it about teammates that's getting you down? Well, so it goes back to some of the things that at the beginning of the podcast. It's just like, I think, well, one, I got so used to how, or not even used to. So I have expectations again. Like I said, like I was telling earlier is that I have an expectation on my teammate being parallel to me for a pass option not saying i have to pass but a pass option i have an expectation my third man is far enough that he's not going to overcommit. uh i have expectations that my teammate nine times out of ten seven times or eight out of ten he's gonna at least 50 50 the opponent in the in the aerial battle you know like and i i maybe and i just have these expectations or I go up field for the setup for a pass, like like I'm the one receiving the pass, and then I don't get it because they don't look for me, you know. So it's like maybe I shouldn't be going up field. Maybe I should just stay back and just play a little more simple, I guess you could say. Um, and that's kind of what I mean with teammates, because um, like I said I, I mean I've been in one of the one of those players where I'm letting my teammate down. Like I've I've uh not throwing games intentionally, but like, you know, like miss something I really should have saved, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I just tend to feel like I'm playing the most consistent on my team. Like when I solo queue ranked and then my other two teammates somehow all like almost every game, by the end of the game, they missed the last save and then we're tied and go to overtime and lose, or we literally lose right then and there. It's just, and it happens back to back to back. Um, it seems like, so that's what, what I was thinking when I said teammates. Mm-hmm. I think that solo queuing can be not every single time has to be probably one of the most one-sided relationships that one could ever be in because <laughs> you have one or two other people that Really, if you if you want to be a good solo queue teammate on on the major at the majority of time because you don't know what kind of cards you're going to be dealt when it comes to teammates, you can give and give and give 
you know, you can, you can make all the passes, be in the back part, you know, play that back guy and, and let them do their thing and just kind of be ready for whatever is about to happen and they be ready for a pass, but never get it. You know, they let in that last goal because you weren't there or they didn't rotate back when you thought that they should. At the end of the day, we have no control over our solo queue teammates. We don't know what to expect from them. We don't know what they're going to do. We can't like push a button like it's NBA live and they'll rotate back or pass us the ball. So like you, it's, it's almost our job as rocket league players to just like give, 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 give as solo queue teammates. And then once somebody else looks like they actually had their head on straight, well, then you get to play a little bit differently. But until mm. that happens, until they prove themselves, you got to kind of play that babysitter role if you like, want to win consistently. And that might not necessarily be the same case in like a mid-GC game because the players are better and they have a better understanding of the game. But, you know, just because you want somebody to understand the game doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to like as much as I want my teammates to pass me the ball. And I I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking through this myself as well, because, you know, to kind of go back to one of your examples, if I get, or if I see my teammate getting a clear that is, you know, about to go onto the wall and we have a teammate up there, or maybe if I hit the ball up to my teammate on the wall, then I will start following along with them to kind of give them an outlet or, you know, be ready for something to come down to the middle. But Mm -hmm. the likelihood of them actually making an attempt to do that is extremely low, or I guess I don't really know. So in terms of what might be best, even though it might not be as fun or as exciting is playing a little bit more on the passive side so that, you know, somebody's going to be back if it all goes to poo poo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, there's just a, there is just a lot of variables for sure. Um, but maybe that can start it. sort of, I can't say it. passiveness, <laughs> uh, to, solo queuing might be a better option until like you said they kind of prove like oh this guy is pretty consistent oh this guy's like passing to me let me go ahead and do the same thing you know mm-hmm. um so i think that's probably good i think i think i have a very like i said uh from i think i so i think i'm pro- naturally good at a like being on a team uh because like i said i um like we played our match recently and my boy jay uh said which we were getting quiet we slowly stopped calming and that definitely didn't help us and it made him and my other teammate shaggy uh more confused because we weren't calming and I could tell they were getting more and more awkward. Like we looked back and could see that there was more awkwardness because the quieter we got, the more they were confused on the rotations. Uh, 
but for me like i i wasn't confused because like i said i know i i don't need them to tell me where they're at i i i almost just know where they're at um and i don't know it's just so i think i end up playing like the same way i play with people in a calm situation when i go solo queue when it's really a whole different story mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah well and i think the interesting thing about that is you know you might not be confused because you're in your own little world doing your rocket league thing <laughs> but there's everybody else around you that you're trying to work with that might not completely understand what you're doing or why you're doing it or where they might go and so you know you and you might think you're doing the right thing like every mm. everybody that plays rocket league thinks they're doing the right thing in the moment that's why they're doing it right but how that fits in with all the other pieces of the puzzle that's where the 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 rubber meets the road because to you it might be the right thing to somebody else it might not be the right thing and you know who's right who's wrong is there really a right i mean there is right and wrong because if it's <laughs> right then you score if it's wrong they score yeah but like how it all mixes together and how you all kind of figure it out that's that's the thing that you get to figure out as a team and maybe if you had been playing together for a really long time like you said um you might have a good a good flow but at the same time adding that level of communication on top really allows you to make faster decisions because somebody calls out immediately and then like allows that that allows that person to open up and go for the next ball and the other person that might have gone for that all of a sudden now gets to make a different choice than they would have instead of two people going for the same thing and i can i can i can relate to that because you know when we played in the last igl um split or whatever they call it i can't remember if they call them splits or circuits like we would we would start coming in like at the beginning of a series or the beginning of a game but then it would kind of fade away and we'd just kind of get into this flow or you know this rotation but it might not necessarily have been optimal so i think there i think there is something to you know optimizing or making like creating better opportunities and staying out of confusion, whatever confusion might mean, you know, for everybody by adding that element of conversation in on top of everything else. Yeah. yeah I don't know sure. if that was helpful. I just no, it started was. blabbering eventually. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it made complete sense. I mean, and I agree, like, uh, comms just add an extra like strength to a team. Um, and or and more dynamic and structure um like you know you 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 go solo queue and you play a team that's a party of three they look different than when you play a team that's solo queuing like you can see the slight changes not that they're exactly i guess you could say gonna dominate you or something but you can just see you're playing a different style of game against them and then your your team who you're solo queuing with kind of has to adapt to that uh like I said, for sure winnable, but 
Yeah, the definitely flow helps. is much better against teams that I mean teams that are partied up. I mean, sometimes they're goofballs and they're double committing and, you know, they might just be messing around. But you can certainly tell when a team is partied and they're really like going at it and organizing themselves. Yeah. And that's, um, well, just real quick, uh, slightly different is I was going to say, um, that's, uh, that's why I like coaching, um, is that besides calming, like for when games, uh, there's another aspect of communication of input. So like when we're going to replay review and getting other people's insight is another way of advantage of taking on the game. Um, and just, you know, debating about what's right and going over replay to really break down why this person's decision is good or bad and why we need to do this more or not do this more, you know? So, and that's just, that's uh, something beneficial too. <laughs> so. mm. Totally. So what do you, what, what are some changes you're going to put into place to give back to GC2? All right. I think focus more on my mentality again. Mainly go into my games to have not really, not that I don't like, just not to care as much. I guess exactly like care, but relax and just and just kind of enjoy the game. Uh, and like I said, maybe add in the music on top of that in the background uh, to make that change. And then I think I'm gonna get back into training a little bit more again uh i might just practice a specific mechanic i really enjoyed practicing double taps for a while i did that for a bit um so i might go do that again you know just to stretch myself and get consistent with those shots not that they come along that often but it's just getting a repetition in but but um yeah there's that and then um, probably play, try playing passive for a while. Uh, unless, like we said, maybe I can tell I like there's confidence on my team, like consistency and all that, and maybe go ahead and adapting to that. Um, and if that doesn't work, then maybe I'll try playing really fast <laughs> again. Like, just, <laughs> like, <laughs> like spend a week or two playing slow, and if that goes to poop, just – freaking supersonic speed all the way around the map 24 7 not trying not to double commit um i don't want to irritate teammates like i will feel bad i I actually put sorry in the chat like when i mess up or like when i double commit even solo king i put sorry (laughs) because i don't know i I feel like there's not enough there's a lot of buttheads in the community Mm -hmm. uh that you know are more like like likely to be toxic and stuff so the least i can do is apologize when i and own up to a mistake during a game you know there so. you go but what a revolutionary yeah. idea yeah next next time y'all hear from me i'm gonna be ssl <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you heard it here first <laughs> all right you uh, said it it means something uh, all right Any... that, there go, go ahead so. sorry now it's gonna be like, does that does that mean I come back for an episode two? Like uh, Fusion makes SSL. <laughs> hey, as soon as as soon as you get SSL, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That's that's definitely a goal. 
obviously. <laughs> well, make it happen, and then you can come talk about it. I bet. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts for the Infinite Boost audience? Final thoughts? Uh, I guess that are, it would be always try to enjoy the game. Um, I mean, obviously, we all come back to it for a reason, but always remind yourself you're here because you enjoy the game. Uh, so don't let your irritation get to you like it does to me sometimes. And it's mainly just because I'm competitive. Um, and remember to, in my opinion, to rotate uh, and prioritize defense. I think that's one of the main things I would want to tell everyone is don't be in such a concern to score because – you have all if it's zero zero, you have all day. You could do a tw- you could be into a two hour overtime, but you still haven't got scored on. You know what I mean? So like, why why take that risk offensively of the, you know over committing and then losing? Um, and I think that's just important. So like I said, that doesn't mean don't you know play offense, but and definitely go practice your mechanics, everybody. It's uh, whenever you get the chance, whatever you feel like you want to work on or need to work on. Definitely grind it out. Uh, one of the things I did was, uh, if you have the time, I uh, when I first, around the time I was playing on my laptop, actually, I practiced two hours a day for a whole week of Dribble Challenge 2. Just, and that's still a lot of time. But by the end of the week, I could carry the ball on top of my car. You know what I mean? So I promise you, if you pick one thing and only practice that thing at least for a week, you'll have it down most like a good amount. And, and that's much better in my opinion than doing a little bit of everything every so often, uh, because you're only going to get slowly better. Like when you can get good at one thing real quick by the end of the week, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the same thing with working out, you know, like, um, I feel like if you go work out, it's definitely good for your heart. You get the blood flow. It's like, it's healthy. Like if you do random stuff, like a little bit of everything. But if you choose like, you know, Monday's chest and bicep day, um, and then, you know, like you dedicate to a certain thing, uh, it's going to progress quicker, I think. Um, uh, so that is probably my final thoughts on that. And real quick, shout out to Kickback Gaming. Love y'all. So. Kickback? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, and where can people find you on the internet? Uh, okay, so y'all can find me on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and Discord, obviously. And they should all be Fusion Beat, F-U-Z-I-O-N-B-E-A-T. Um, so I was streaming quite often, but I was slacking now. But if I am, come come catch me. I have, and then on YouTube, I have one montage out. Uh, that I made when I first got my PC. Um, so I was a little worse back then, but it was still fun to make that montage. And then Twitter, uh, you can catch me on there. I usually am reposting Rocket League content, you know, that other players are talking about, you know, and stuff. So definitely find me there. And then you're more than welcome to hit me up on Discord. Uh, I uh, If you have any questions about Rocket League or just want to talk, I'm more than happy to. Excellent. And question for the audience. Ooh. All right. I um I wrote this down because I knew it was coming. Uh, I, I, have to, I actually have two. Is it okay if I do two or is that bad? Hey, man. 
if you ask, go right ahead. All right. I don't mean to smother everyone uh, in questions, I guess. Uh, it's up to you, uh, viewers, if you want to choose one or the other. So You quest- have to answer both. Everybody. <laughs> All right. You hear that, everybody? You gotta no answer. options. If you don't answer, you're banned from the Discord. Oh, dang. Does that mean I have to answer my own question? I guess I can in the middle, like, after I I'll ban you. I don't mind. (laughs) Rest in peace. But, um, Hmm. all right, I guess the first question is, uh, what was your biggest plateau and why? Then how did you overcome it? So that's technically two questions, but they're the same thing. So that's the first one. And then the other one is more of a a lighter question, but what's your favorite Rocket League memory? And that could be, you know, whatever. That could be you went to land. It could be staying up at two in the morning uh, and you playing with friends, you know. So that's, uh, there you go. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time to come on the show. And, and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me again. I definitely enjoyed it. And uh, I hope everything we talked about can help somebody out there uh, or open their perception of the game in a different way, I guess. So thank you. Hey, thank you. And of course, <laughs> thanks for the boost.